Please, if you would, please turn with me to Luke 5, verse 17. And while you were doing that, I do want to take a moment again to praise the Lord for my sons. Amen. They just stepped out just for a moment. And I know I was just ribbing Brother Julian about falling asleep, but it was reminded that they did not choose this life that they are in. It was kind of something that we pulled them into. And I just wanted to take that second to let them know how proud I am of them, that they've been sticking with their dad and their mom all of this time. I walked into this knowing what I was getting into, but they did not know that it was going to be like this. So I just want everyone to know that I'm praising the Lord for them. Amen. It's not everyone is used. Amen. There they go. Let's praise the Lord. It's not easy to be on display for the world to see all the time. So I made a promise to them never to take away their childhood. And I went on and did just that by joking about the boy in the middle of all of these people. <laughs> so I just want to let them know how proud I am of them. And to thank them for sticking with me. Now let us get into the word, Luke 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day that as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to hear them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, <clears throat> they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins... He said to the man that was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Our title today is Whatever It 
takes. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever it takes. Now, this is an account that I'm sure that if you've been around church for any length of time in your life, you've probably heard this story before. However, I don't want to assume that everybody here with us today or or any of our brothers and sisters online knows all of the stories and the accounts that are in the Bible. Even if someone has been hearing them all of their lives, sometimes it's always good to go back and take another look at a story you've heard before because you always see something different when you look at it again. There are some movies that no matter how many times you've seen them, every time you see them, you see something different. You may be in a different place than where you were when you first saw it. You may be a different person than you were when you first experienced it. Someone may have said something to you at that moment and it meant nothing to you when they said it. Then right after that, you went through something. Then that same thing could have been said to you again a day later and it took on an entirely different meaning. Our text today takes place somewhat early in the ministry of Jesus. He was in Galilee, and not too long before this time, he had just called the first four of his disciples. He called Andrew and his brother Simon Peter, the brothers James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of Thunder. Just after that, a man afflicted with leprosy approached Jesus, saying that if he was willing, then Jesus could heal him of his leprosy. Jesus was willing. He healed him, then told him to go show himself to the priest, which was the custom in that day of a person who had leprosy and wanted to go rejoin society because lepers were not allowed to be around people who did not have leprosy. As he left to go show himself to the priest, Jesus said, hey, now, don't tell anybody who healed you. Now, we don't know if the man told people who healed him because he was overcome with joy about having just received his life back or if he told someone about Jesus because he had to somehow explain, maybe to his wife, how all of a sudden he no longer had leprosy. But for whatever reason, the man went and told everybody (laughs) that it was Jesus who healed him of leprosy. So everyone, that word went throughout the whole region. So people from all over the area were following Jesus as he moved throughout Galilee, preaching in synagogues and healing people. One day, Jesus was teaching in a house, and as he taught, the house he was, he was in was filling up with people who wanted to see something happen. 
Of course, there were people who had needs, but the majority of them were there just to see something go down. They heard that this man was doing some interesting things, and they wanted to be there to see it. Well, as Jesus was teaching, some men brought their friend who was paralyzed on a stretcher to the house where he was. These men knew that Jesus could heal him, but the house was too full of people. There was no way for them to get their friend to Jesus. So in their determination, they hoisted their paralyzed friend up the side of the house and pulled the roof apart and lowered their friend down to where Jesus was. When Jesus saw them, he looked at them and said something very unexpected. The text says when he saw their faith, When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. At this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees saw their opportunity to accuse Jesus. And they said he was blaspheming because no one can forgive sins but God Almighty. Who does he think he is? Jesus then looked at them and said, what's easier again? To say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk. But so you can know who I am and what I am about and what I've been given the power to do. Watch this. He looks at the man and says to him, get up, take up your bed and go to your house. And the man got up, took up his bed and went back to his house rejoicing and celebrating all the way. He got his life back. Now the word says that the house was filled with amazement and fear. With people glorifying God and saying, we have witnessed and seen some strange things today. They got what they wanted. Now wherever Jesus went... In the grave majority of the events that occurred and the miracles that he performed, he was always surrounded by the crowd. Everybody say the crowd. The crowd was made up of people that believed that the stories that they heard about Jesus and they wanted to get close to him. There were some in the crowd that didn't believe and they just wanted to see what was going to happen. To see what was going on, what all the talk was about. The crowd was also made up of those that hoped Jesus would be the one that would save the children of Israel from the Romans, just like they had been saved from the Egyptians and from the Philistines and from the Assyrians and the Midianites and the Armorites and the Girgashites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Perizzites, they were waiting for someone to come lead them out of this latest form of oppression, just like God had saved them so many times before during that time. Most were looking to see if Jesus was the promised Messiah that would establish a Davidic-like kingdom that would rule the known world. 
So they needed somebody to come and establish a kingdom that they had heard about from their great-great-great-great-grandfathers. There were also the gatekeepers in the crowd, the stakeholders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were afraid that Jesus was going to expose them and take their power in society. They were always present in the crowd looking for a way to stop Jesus and diminish his growing influence. It was the crowd that Jesus fed with the two fish and the five loaves. At that point, they even tried to name Jesus king. It was a crowd that went away when they realized that he wasn't going to perform the miracle of the fish and loaves and feed them every day. They wanted Jesus to take a little boy's lunch and break them off some fish and bread every day. Let the good times roll. We have found our guy. The crowd. The crowd. Always watching. Always wanting. The crowd. It was the crowd that cheered Hosanna on Palm Sunday and the crowd that screamed crucify him on Good Friday. Look at your neighbor and say the crowd, the crowd. It was the crowd that separated these men that carried their paralyzed friend that needed to be healed from Jesus. We can be certain that those in the crowd saw these men struggling to get their sick friend to the master, but they did absolutely nothing to help him get the healing that he needed. They heard that this brother was in the business of healing people. They saw this brother that needed to be healed, and they did nothing to get him to that person. In fact, they stood in the way and blocked them, thinking only of their individual needs, the crowd. It was the crowd that stood in the way. I've come to realize that the true heroes of this account are the men's friends that carried him up to that roof to get him to Jesus. I'll say it again, the true heroes of this account are the men's friends that hoisted him up the side of that house, tore up the roof, and lowered their friend to Jesus. The fact that this paralyzed man had friends at all is something to be acknowledged. The fact that this man had friends that were willing to go this far for him is astonishing beyond all belief. The Bible does not explain the context or describe their friendship except to show that they were willing to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. Amen. So they had to love him very, very much. You see, there are so many that try to avoid the sick and the infirmed among us don't want to be bothered with helping to care for others. 
I know that God has a very special calling and a special blessing for the caregivers among us. Because, amen, let's give the Lord praise for the caregivers. I know he has a special calling and a blessing because so few of us have the ability, the emotional dexterity, the strength to be close to those who are sick. Especially if it's a sickness that we would consider extremely unattractive or repulsive. We try to avoid anything that could possibly show us that we too could be in that situation. That we too are that close to mortality. We try to avoid things that are unpleasant. And those who are sick and infirmed remind us that there are unpleasant things out there. The effort and the faith of these men were clear. The investment that these, that these men made in their friend was one of time. The men spent their time trying to find Jesus. After they did that, they spent their time taking their friend to the house. Then they spent their time moving, trying to move through the crowd. These men were willing to give up their time to help someone in need. But not only did they love their friend and invest their time, but these men had an unshakable confidence in the power of Jesus. They believed. They believed that Jesus could heal their friend if they could just get their friend to Jesus. They were trying to get through the massive crowd to, to get their friend close enough to see Jesus. Now, by themselves, pushing through a crowd would be difficult enough. But getting close to Jesus while carrying a man on a stretcher was virtually impossible. These men were serious about their faith in Jesus. They were serious about their belief that Jesus could heal their friend. They were serious about their effort to get their friend to Jesus. They were serious about seeing Jesus work a miracle in their presence. Their faith is also shown in their persistence. These men simply would not give up. Whatever it takes, they said. Whatever it takes. They persisted and moved through the crowd up to the roof and then lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. I need for you to imagine this. As I think about it, I would say that their faith is legendary. Some of us, most of us would say that our faith is not quite where we would like it to be. Sometimes I've wondered that. Has anyone ever wondered how, how strong is my faith? You may wonder if you could ever have the same kind of faith that this man's friends had. But I'll tell you that all of us here already have all the faith that we'll ever need. Amen. Give yourself a hand. You already have 
all the faith you need to move mountains. By virtue of the fact that you even came to church today or you even logged on today is a testament to your faith. It's a testament to the fact that you haven't given up yet, that there is still some hope in there somewhere, still some expectation that God is going to do something to turn your situation around. You came out to church today in the rain or logged on even in the middle of your circumstances knowing or at least hoping that God was going to work it out. Amen. I'm here to remind you that you already have more faith than you can imagine. You exercise it every day. Many times a day. You went to sleep last night expecting to get up this morning. You got up and put your feet on the floor expecting the floor to be there when you stood up on it. Didn't even think about it. That's faith. You go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a prescription for something you can't pronounce and send it to some stranger at the pharmacy and you get it and put it in your body expecting to feel better. That's faith. We get on planes and trains and buses and in Ubers not even knowing the pilot, the conductor, or the driver. And we trust them to get us where we have to go. Don't tell me that you do not have faith. You have all the faith you need for the Lord to use you to help somebody who is wounded or lame or paralyzed get to Jesus. Now here's where it comes to us. We are to do everything we can to help people get to Jesus any way that we can. It doesn't even say that the man that got lowered down into the house even believed that he could be forgiven or healed. Notice that the Bible does not even refer to what the man's state of mind was. He could have been easily saying to his friends, you know, just leave me here. There's no way I can be healed. Look at me. Do not go through all of that trouble. What are y'all trying to do? Just leave me alone. We don't even know if he had the faith to think that he could be healed or forgiven. It was because his friends, say his friends, his friends believed so much that they were willing to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. You see, after we have become healed and saved ourselves, it becomes our job to get hurt, wounded, and paralyzed people to Christ. After we have been healed ourselves, it becomes our job to get hurt, wounded and paralyzed people to Christ, whatever it takes. Sometimes you have to say to yourself, whatever it takes. The woman with the issue of blood had been dealing with a continuous menstrual cycle and cramps for 12 years. 
12 years of agonizing cramps and pain. I have no idea what that feels like. Let all the ladies say hallelujah, praise the Lord. 12 years. She had spent most of her money first on doctors and then the rest on some of those fake remedies that claimed to give her relief, but it did not help her at all. She may have believed that she was going to be living with that pain and that issue for the rest of her life. But she heard that Jesus was coming. She may have given up hope, but she heard that Jesus was coming. Through her desperation, she fights through the crowd. Everybody say the crowd. She fights through the crowd trying to reach Jesus so she can be healed. Whatever it takes, she says to herself, even as the crowd knocks her to the ground, whatever it takes as she is stepped on and kicked by the crowd as she tries to reach the master, whatever it takes as she reaches out in desperation with all of the faith and hope inside of her just to touch the hem of his garment, whatever it takes. Two blind beggars sitting on the side of the road hear that Jesus is passing by. They've heard that he is a healer and maybe, just maybe, he can heal us too. And as they heal him getting closer, they begin to cry out to him, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, please have mercy. Son of David, over here, Son of David. Have mercy. People turn around and try to quiet them down. The crowd tries to shut them up. Shut up, you two. He's come to establish the kingdom of God. He don't have no time for you. Shut up. But it didn't matter. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Besides, they had nothing to lose. They had only their voices and their faith Whatever it takes, they knew that if they could only cry loud enough for Jesus to hear them, then they knew that they would be healed. They were willing to do whatever it took for them to get their healing. Whatever it takes. You see, most of us try to act like the crowd. When we see someone hurt or crying out for healing, we tell them to get, be quiet and get in line. But if the crowd was acting in the spirit of Christ, they would have grabbed those blind men by the hands and guided them to Jesus. If the crowd was in the right spirit, they would have picked that woman with the issue of blood up off the ground and helped her get to the healer. There are so many, many in the world walking around bleeding and blind. So many of us that are paralyzed, unable to move, unable to love, unable to walk forward in life, in their relationships, in their marriages. But if they could just get to the master, if they could just get to Jesus, Interestingly enough, the healing wasn't even the main point of what Jesus was doing at that moment. 
The main thing Jesus had on his agenda when that man came through the roof was the forgiving of this man's sins. He healed the man's body and gave him the, the ability to walk just to prove a point. That he was all about forgiving people's sins. Whatever issue you may be facing, Whatever sickness or woundedness or paralysis you might be dealing with in your mind and in your spirit, the deeper issue is that the Heavenly Father wants to save you from your sins. He wants to heal you of your paralysis. He wants you to be whole. Now in the story, we see two types of people that we can be like. You can either be like one of these two types of people. We can either be like the crowd or we can be like this man's friends. That is our choice today. You are either the crowd that blocks others from meeting Jesus or you are one of the friends that help bring people to Jesus. That would do whatever it takes to show someone to Christ. Now, these people in the crowd are not evil. They weren't bad people. They were us. They were just like us who at times can be consumed with concern for our own needs. They were spiritual. They were in the presence of Jesus, but they prevented others from meeting Jesus. We have to realize that it can be possible for us, believers, members of West Angeles, professed Christians to be a roadblock, a hindrance, a barrier to others that desire spiritual healing. We can be guilty of stopping people that need a touch from the Lord. I know it's a hard pill to swallow. We either bring people up or we drag them down. We are either like the crowd, critical, full of gossip and judgment, just hanging around to see what's going to happen, to see what we can get, or we can be like those friends that carried struggling, paralyzed people to Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm sure by now that you have noticed that there was a sign or a sticker on each one of the seats when you walked in here today. The seat, the sign said, this seat belongs to, did, did everyone notice it? Everyone noticed that people have, what is going on here? We have a sign seat, what is that guy doing? What is Pastor Blake doing now? Some of you might have already written your name on that seat. <laughs> Some of y'all did. It's all right. But in all actuality, that's not why that sticker is there. That's not. I'm sorry, but we did not put that sign there so you could put your name on it. 
What I want you to do is I want you to put the name of someone that you know that needs to be here. I want you to put the name of someone that you know that is wounded, that is crippled, or that is paralyzed in one way or another, someone who you know in your life that needs to be closer to Jesus. Now this isn't to point out or offend anyone that may have already put their name on the seat that they're sitting in. I need for you who are already here to know that you are so very important and valued in the life of this church. I need for you who are already here, even who may have put their name on the seat, to know that we would not be West Angeles without you. We need you here. We need everyone who is here. We don't want anyone to go away. We need you here. Even if your name, you put your name on that sign this morning. But we as church people naturally form attachments to where we sit. We get comfortable. We like our space. Some of us even hope that no one would sit next to us today. But it's okay. It's okay to have a seat that you like to sit in, but we have to make sure that we are not a stumbling block to those that are coming to meet Jesus. That's something that I want us as West Angeles family to get down in us. We have to make sure that we are not a stumbling block to those who are coming to meet Jesus. God is going to send people who have never been here before, who have never been to church before, and we have to know how to treat them. We have to know how to greet them. For someone on the fence, trying to decide if they wanna be a part of the body of Christ or be a part of the West Angeles family, one unkind word one mean glance from us while they're trying to get uh, to know us, while they're trying to find a seat, can be enough to push them away. I know none of us want to get in the way of somebody trying to get closer to our Heavenly Father. We want as many people as possible in here, and it is up to us as those who are already here to make sure we help them get to Christ. We who are already here are called not to be like the crowd, but to be like those who are willing to tear the roof off of this place to help their friends get to Jesus. God wants this house full. He wants these seats Field. You see, each seat represents an opportunity for a life to be changed. For someone to learn what their purpose is. To learn what God's will is for their life. For someone to get closer to Christ. It is our responsibility to fill up this house. Our responsibility. You see, there are people out there that are in your reach that I, as your pastor, can't touch. I'm not talking about people from other churches. I'm talking about people on your job. I'm talking about people in your homes. 
people in your lives that I can't reach. You are the one that has to help them get where they can meet Christ. So think of that name that should be on that seat. Think of a few names and decide in your heart that you are going to do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus. You don't have to be able to preach a sermon to them. You don't have to throw a bunch of scriptures at them. Just tell them that you know about a place that they can go to. Just tell them that you know a man that can heal them, a man that can help them be whole, a man that can give them meaning and purpose. And there's a seat waiting just for them. Hallelujah. It might be hard for some of us here, but you must never forget that it was once you that stood in need of prayer and somebody prayed you and got you to the Father. It was once you that was crippled and paralyzed and wounded. That is something we should want for all of us. That every person would come to know the love that brought you out of what you used to be into. Amen. Don't try to act like he never brought you out of something. He has so much love to go around. It runs deeper than we could ever imagine. But the beautiful thing about all of this is that even if we can't get to Jesus, Jesus will get to us. Jesus will get to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We couldn't get to him, so he came all the way down from heaven to touch us, to heal us, to die for us. Romans 8:35. who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Somebody give him praise on today. Hallelujah. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Give the Lord praise if you know anything about new mercy. I'm done. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Let's give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord praise on today. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said, it's all right now. 
sacrifice for our sins dear friends since God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God but if we love one another God lives in us and his love is made complete in us all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Our Savior wishes for everyone to be saved, to be healed, to be whole. He did whatever it took so that we would be saved, so that we would be healed, so that we would be whole. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life he doesn't want anyone in the crowd or the multitude to perish he came to save everybody especially the crowd he wants to touch you he wants to heal you if there is anyone under the sound of my voice that needs to be healed, healed in your body, healed in your spirit, healed of a broken heart, healed from a broken past, come forward. We want to pray with you. Come forward. We want to stand with you. If there is someone here online that wants to give your life to the Lord, he's waiting for you. He's waiting to heal you from whatever kind of paralysis that you are dealing with in your life or that you are suffering from. He wants you to have life and life more abundantly. Just come forward. It's okay. You're among friends. Now, I don't, the crowd is not going to judge you. The crowd here is going to help you get to Christ. If there is someone who you see struggling in their heart or their mind, help them get to Christ. That is who we are here at West Angeles. We want to stand with you. We want to pray with you. No matter who you are, if you need a touch from the Lord, just come forward. 
We love you. We are with you. God said it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said it's all right now. It's all precious heavenly father we want to thank you that you are a healer that it is in your power to touch each and every one of us here father god i don't know the extent of the woundedness and the sickness and the hurt and the pain that is standing here at your altar but it is not of my power that they are here father god they've come to you the healer if you be willing, Father God, you can heal anything. Father God, you are a healer. Sickness in our bodies, Father God. Sickness in our hearts. Sickness in our minds. Sickness in, your, in our spirits. You are a healer. So, Father God, I call upon your healing power now. So that the world will know who you are. In the name of Jesus, that you would heal your children, that you would show them your healing power, that you would touch their hearts and their spirits and their lives and their bodies in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. So, Father God, we call upon your healing power that it would be in your will to touch us, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Grow, Rabba, Baba, Kohola, Nanagala, Nasikala, Chanada. 